Welcome to the next edition of this betting-oriented podcast on MMA. Um, this one is in between. This one's on the Thursday, right after the Brooklyn card. So what's coming up is Fortaleza, Marais versus Asuncao 2. And uh, we just got past one of the weirdest, most bizarre upsets ever. So uh, I'm with Gugabe. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Weirdest, most bizarre upsets ever. Um, what? Um, yeah, definitely. Alan Crowder? Yeah, Alan Crowder. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, <laughs> no, Alan, Cr- Alan Crowder had him just where he wanted them. He baited the um, legal strike perfectly. If you didn't done tape on Greg Hardy, you could see he throws a lot of legal strikes at his wife. Um, <laughs> First one caught on camera. Exactly. This is just confirming what anybody who did the tape would know. I personally enjoy Crowther's taunt and get taunt and force the other guard to get disqualified strategy. I think we'd see more of that in the um, MMA meta. I mean, I'm, I dislike Hardy intensely because he's not that good, and you know, there's not that much to like about him. But yep. you kind of have to be a fan just because he saved Parlay with the timing of that knee. Indeed. I had under one point five. The knee happened two minutes and twenty eight seconds into round two. So. If you're listening, you know, Greg, I hate you, but thank you. Yeah, it reminded me of, um, what would you call it? Um, Eric Anders versus um, Kyle Williams. What's that? Kyle Williams? Tim Williams. Yeah. If Eric Anders had been slightly earlier on that kick, same thing would have happened. <laughs> I mean, that was more... Uh, Anders did not time that much. Because... Yeah. It's like one hand on the ground or something like that. Uh, maybe I, yeah. I, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Um, Williams is just an awkward spot. Yeah, I mean, Crowder was just all out on his knees, and Hardy just decapitated him. Yep. The best part of that was just Mer- uh, Mergliata going wild. Yep. That, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, hard since that was the truth. Yep. We have Henry Cejudo versus T.J. Dillashaw, and. Yeah. I was very, very big on Dillashaw here, and it turned out he had the flyweight chin. Yeah. I don't know. If you get caught early, you get caught early. I, I, I don't think the um, stoppage was early, but I think the um, result was an outlier. I mean, I thought the stoppage was very early. Like, it wasn't indefensible, but it wasn't good. Because um, if you, if you know, the second that the referee steps in, and he already made the decision by the knockdown, but... Yeah. The, Second, the referee stepped in. Dillashaw had already defended two strikes with that Ben uh, Benson Henderson style head movement on the ground. No, yeah. I felt uh, like he was in about the same spot that Hernandez was against Cerrone. Uh, I mean, deeper into the fight, where True. just been you know getting murdered, and thirty seconds into a fight, or Cejudo had even the knockdown was weird. It was like one of those um, it was like that shot in Elena Hunt where like Elena. Yeah. Connected him behind the ear with a wrist bone. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure like, what was the thing there, because like, it wasn't the head, the head kick missed by the looks of it. Then he just sort of seemed to be badly rocked. Yeah, I like guess he shoved him. Be... Yeah, he just winged yeah, him he... with the um, in the back of the head, I guess. But yeah, yeah. it's not like it's intentional back of the head anyway, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, he shoved him over, kind of got the head kick, but not really, and then just clubbed him over the back of the head and as Dillashaw ducked it. And, I mean, you have to... I have to admit, Cejudo fought a really smart fight just because, like, you know, 
first 30 seconds is kind of the only way for a great underdog at a pretty big skill disadvantage to win. But I, it was definitely an outlier. Yeah, pretty much. Any sort of sub one minute knockout is usually going to be fairly outlier. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. The complete opposite of that was Gregor Gillespie versus Yancy Medeiros, where <laughs> Yancy Medeiros was, uh, wasn't really defending anything that much, but he was kind of happy to just stay in the back body lock and stand yeah. up once in a while. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it was just, it was a fight. Um, I, I thought, I felt like Yander was going to be a bit safer because I felt like Yancy would do a lot more, but oh well. Yeah, I mean, I had the inside the distance on this one, and it didn't look like it was going to happen because Gillespie was happy to hang out on the back. But, you know, and he seemed to have real trouble with Medeiros being a former welterweight. He just yep. he, he used the back lock well and kneed him in the gut a lot, but wasn't really able to get consistent. Manhandle him. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, was probably a better technical wrestler, but he wasn't just throwing him around. I mean, yeah, that's one thing. Like, Gillespie is a legitimate natural lightweight, where Medeiros was competitive weight with one of the biggest hitters welterweight has. Yeah. So it's not really a mystery that Gillespie pulled as much as he did. I mean, I expected him to win, but it wasn't really, you know, baffling. Yeah. Yeah. So his first, Magomed Biblatov versus Rogerio Bontorin. I have no strong opinions on this fight. I assume Biblatov, because Biblatov's always seems a pretty hype prospect. I don't know. I've never really... I made money on Moraga over him, but even that was kind of a meme knockout. Yeah, I don't think it was a meme knockout, but, like, Moraga... I remember that knockout being really cool, because Biblatov just stiffened on the way down. But it was kind of like Biblatov ducked under a head kick and just reset right into, like, a left hand or something. Yeah. Like yeah, I I, I saw blind I I like blind unit to a Moraga just because I felt like plus four fifty or five hundred over whatever it was was stupid, which yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, Moraga yeah, Moraga's a decently decent guy. Whilst I don't think um Bogerio, Rogerio Bodge, whatever the fuck his name is, is particularly a hype prospect or anything. Yeah, I mean I haven't really heard of him, but you know then again I don't really hear that much about prospects that aren't in the UFC. Um, topology says fourteen. 14- uh, 5-5, 105-ranked five, five, current best MMA bantamweight fighter, so, you know, high praise. Yeah. Um, this looks like a submission, dude. I think Biblatov should have the uh, should have the grappling edge on him, so... Yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, in punches, he has a 48-second knockout, and I have no idea where that came from, because everything else seems to be submissions. Yeah. yeah sometimes, you just call it, sometimes you just catch a guy, who could be a TKO. Yeah, I mean, the guy could have just given up once he was down. That's possible. But uh, next fight, Arda Ramos, man of the back elbow knockout at um, UFC 217, faces Saeed Nurmagomedov, who was the incredible beneficiary of Boise judging. Did uh, Ram- oh, Ramos is the one who killed um, Zahabi's brother, wasn't he? Yeah, he killed Amon Zahabi. Yeah. Poor Amon uh, Zahabi. Um, I, I, I remember I faded Ramos' last fight against Kang Ho Kang. That was a close fight, but yeah, that was. I remember that being a good fight, but like it was. It was clo- yeah, it was close. Yeah, uh, um, Nurmagomedov from the Scoggins fight. He didn't look that good. 
And the fact that he was grappling with Scoggins wasn't able to choke him isn't a good sign. Yeah. I have no real strong feelings about either of these guys, to be honest. But he's um, a Nurmagomedov. Obviously, you have to favor him in the judging. Yeah, true. But he's not actually related to the other Nurmagomedov, to the um, Khabibs, isn't he? I, I don't know, but his last name is the same, sure and that's enough. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. I'm pretty sure he's not actually like Khabib. Um, then we got all his his own branch of. It's probably reasonably common, you know. Magum yeah. base for everything there. With the goat fight, goat fight in the card after this one, anyway. So, <laughs> Junior Albini versus Jairzinho Rosenstreak. I think that's how you pronounce it. Jairzinho Rosenstreak. <laughs> you have to pronounce it Lenny Hart. You have to need Lenny Hart mode. He's nah, number thirty-seven he heavyweight in Russia. That's a, that's high prize. I mean, I need uh, Mike Goldberg to do that. Yeah, true. Jerzinho. Rosenstruik. Oh god, that's a great name. <laughs> um, that's a good heavyweight name. Can, shitty heavyweight can crusher versus Junior Albini. Um, I feel like Albini should be the value side just because Jerzinho Rosenstruik seems to have terrible grappling, and Albini's <laughs> grappling seems to exist. I mean, he did get caught in a, like, it wasn't a horrible, like, who got caught from bottom mount, but it was still a flying Ezekiel. From yeah, but, like, that's that's a purely unique Alainic technique, so it's hard to really prepare for. If, you know, but who, you're, who, you're who, fighting Alainic. You have to be prepared for that. Yeah, if you get what I mean, it's just like... You're going to get um, a line nicked on, I guess. I mean, I think Albini gets it just because um, Timothy Johnson's okay. But yeah. I don't really have opinions here. And this is, I believe, the last fight on this card where... Oh, wait, no, there's two more. But it, I thought this was the last fight on this card where I had no strong opinions because next one is Tiago Alves versus Max Griffin. And Tiago Alves, a very close fight with um, Alexei Konchenko. <laughs> Yep. in Moscow, and he's fighting Max Griffin off the loss against um, Curtis Millinder. Yeah. Um, I feel like Griffin should be able to set a strong enough base to just gas Alves, because I feel like Alves' gas tank is gone. Um, I had Alves beaten Konchenko, but a lot of that's because Konchenko just didn't do much for the first two rounds. He and didn't, so... That was a weird fight because, like, it was like um, Konchenko does nothing for the first four minutes of round one, then puts together like two flurries at the end. So Alves finishes the round with a big, um, with a volume advantage because he's actually struck for the first four minutes. I mean, it was the sort of thing where uh, only the third round was even remembered by anyone, or Konchenko yeah. full Tekken. But yeah, pretty much. Alves did a good enough job there, but on the other hand, Kunchenko didn't show any urgency against Okani either, so... Yeah, Kunchenko doesn't seem to have any urgency. Yeah. But, uh, Griffin at least has urgency, and I think that could be enough. I mean, I like... I really liked how Griffin handled Mike Perry, because, like, Mike Perry isn't good, but Griffin... Even against Mike Perry, it takes some skill to look that good of an outfighter, if that makes sense. Yeah, true. I think yeah, Griffin's really probably had the cleanest performance against Perry, I guess. Yeah, it was, like it most was very good. Most people get drawn into Perry. They get drawn to Perry at least temporarily. Yeah, he kind of just boxed him up on the. It was. It's Perry. Ponzinibbio had a kind of messy performance, and yep. uh, well, Jovan had something similar. Yeah. 
that cowboy got taken down so there's that but yeah that that was a weird fight. I had a bunch of money in Cowboy, but I feel like Perry was actually looking better on the face. I was like, Benny went pretty short for that takedown. And I was like, oh, I got bailed out. All right. I mean, I figured that um, Perry would just bum rush Cowboy because Cowboy is like very, very fine as a slow starter. But yeah. he wanted to technically kick bugs with him and then he wanted to grapple with him. And it was the weirdest thing. I was like, yeah. It really speaks to the whole wink is horrible thing. Because, you know, that was not the game plan to have when you're Mike Perry against Donald Cerrone. No, but, pretty much. Uh, yeah, Max Griffin probably had the most, like, it was a very clean performance, and it was also very punishing. So I think, I don't think Thiago Alves is particularly similar to Perry, but, you know, he's he seems totally shot. Um, and no gas tank. His power is no. gone. It's not gone, but it's not really there since USADA. Yeah, I really liked his performance against um, Patrick Cote because I like Cote, but uh, Cote was even more shot, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, did, uh, he did some neat stuff. I remember him catching a kick and countering it with like the same hand, like he dropped it and just looped back up with a counter. But past some like slick veteran stuff like that, I think Griffin could just out athlete him. Pretty much, I think yeah, if Griffin is willing to establish a jab and out fight and actually put up volume, I think he should be able to just beat Alves. Probably light stoppage. Pretty much. Yep. Um, next fight, Mara Romero Barella versus Tyla Santos. I know, okay, I think I remember Tyla choke out um, somebody. I think it was the same person who got um, tried by Calderwood. But that's uh, Faria, yeah, yeah, Faria, who got choked out oh, by yeah. Um, Barella. Yeah, and I have no idea what Tyla Santos is even capable of. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I have I no strong that. opinions here. Um, I have a decent authority that Santos is a solid striker for um, women's MMA. But Santos only has two wins over people with wins. So, yeah, I'm not going to place too much. I'm not going to put anything on this fight except maybe fight goes the distance. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, next fight Marcus Perez versus Anthony Hernandez. And... Marcus Perez is the best bet in this card, just because, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't think Marcus Perez is particularly good, or I'm not hugely confident to Marcus Perez. But why is Anthony Hernandez minus three hundred here, like minus two hundred here? Uh, he moved a guy named Beverly Hills Ninja. That's something. Yeah, maybe they're like, yeah, it's just what, like Marcus Perez is durable, has pretty good jujitsu. I don't think you're right, Hernandez Jiu-Jitsu, it's all fucking jumping guillotines, and jumping guillotines is for idiots. <laughs> it's the sort of thing, I think, it's pretty much all the um, Contender Series juice, so I'm not really... Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, uh, I think Perez beats him, submits him, probably. Yeah. Uh, I remember people saying that Hernandez's opponent, the, the ninja guy, he was a ridiculous can crusher on the regional scene. So Hernandez beating that can crusher doesn't really say that much about him. Yep. Uh, yeah, so next fight is, I believe we move to the main card here. And it is... The um, Gabby Garcia, uh, the Gabby uh, Garcia, Vinicius... Cyborg, who 
trophy with the most manly. Lavinia Souza versus Sarah Froda, and this is another yep. one that I could not care less about. Yeah, same. I just WMA. I've got bad things to focus on. Yeah, it's too hot to think about these things. <laughs> it's uh, what's what's temperature? In, what's uh, American? Yeah. Forty-two Celsius in Fahrenheit. To Fahrenheit, it's one hundred and ten degrees here. So, Jesus Christ! <laughs> pretty much, I, I don't give a fuck about anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Justin the Deets versus the coward Johnny Walker. Um, <laughs> the coward. Johnny Walker looks a lot like there was like this Baz Luhrmann um, thing on Netflix a while ago, and the other dudes' dads look the same as Johnny Walker. Every time I look at Johnny Walker, I can't help but think about it. I mean, Johnny Walker is just a weird name for a Brazilian. When, when he was like Khalil Roundtree, he had like no, you know, little profile in the UFC. So I was expecting like, you know, a guy white as snow. And then he shows up and he's Brazilian. Okay. But. Yeah. Um, like Johnny Walker, he's, I, I don't really rate being Khalil Roundtree very much. Because Khalil Roundtree isn't really good at anything apart from being explosive. I mean, especially in the clinch where Khalil didn't really seem like he knew what to do other than stay upright to not get need. Has Khalil Roundtree ever shown the ability to do anything whilst under pressure or adversity? Uh, a swing wildly? Yeah. Then he's not really been a great wild swinger. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where Walker's feeding off the Khalil, who's feeding off the, uh, the Gokan Saki hype. And yeah. during the Enrique De Silva fight, Saki doesn't deserve a whole lot of hype. So... Yeah. I think John, Johnny Walker looked pretty in there. He fainted a lot and just, you know, yeah. a decent clinch entry and stuff. But I think one thing Justin Liddett has that most white boys don't have is a legit good jab. Yeah, so, I think also Liddell, I think Liddell is going to be the um, value pick here just because I feel like he's very durable. He'll put up a decent amount of um, volume. Yeah, and... Uh, unless I'm mistaken, the odds are very, very lopsided. Ever up? Yeah, Johnny Walker's minus two thirty. So, yeah, really, like I think Justin Ledet would beat um, Khalil Roundtree. To be honest, he would just jab him from the outside and have zero trouble. But uh, I think the picket evens is probably Johnny Walker, just because he's you know big and physical and has the clinch and stuff. But Justin Ledet at plus 190 is definitely the value pick when Johnny Walker isn't particularly tested. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm expecting a fairly slow, boring, gas out, light heavyweight decision where the day edges it through having a slightly higher volume. Yeah. Because Ledet well, seems legitimately durable. Oh, yeah, he took a beating package. Yeah, that was an insane beating. But uh, under the top four fights, and I actually expect it to be really, like, relatively deep given these top four fights, but none of the fights have been particularly interesting up until these top four fights, which is kind of sad. But uh, Charles Oliveira, Doe Bronx, versus David Tamer, who is um, the take care of your underwears guy, and um... looking very, very good lately. And Tamer's a slight favorite over Oliveira. Um, he is. A minus one fifteen to a minus one oh five for Oliveira, so it's basically at evens. Oliveira have won a bust. Oliveira, Oliveira's takedown thing against Miller actually did look good. I'll give him that. 
But yeah, mm-hmm. timer seems to be disciplined to understand how to maintain distance. And, yeah. Yeah, I think Tamer isn't gonna step like all the way to leg kick like Jim Miller did to just give up a back body lock. But yeah, I think uh, Oliveira. I remember against um, who was it? Yagos. Against Yagos, he used a uh, reactive double a lot, and I think yeah. it's really hard against Tamer just because a Tamer's a southpaw, so you have to cover distance to do that, and b yeah. Tamer uses a kit uh, pretty much only kicks from the outside. So I think you're gonna have to cover even more distance to get through the left hand. And yeah. I think it's um, more likely that Oliveira just tries to lead, fails, and you know, breaks mentally. Yeah, pretty much. Ollie will, Ollie will probably have a decent spot in there because Ollie usually, he usually gets one decent spot, but will somehow fall off his submission and get stopped. Yeah. And it's- such as big Charles Oliveira. <laughs> Uh, but next fight, Damian Maya versus Lyman Good. And feels like a similar dynamic, to be honest. Where like either Damian Maya gets taken down in the sub or gets punched very hard in the face very frequently. Well, I trust Damian Maya to get subs a lot more than I trust all of. Maya's actually legitimately. Uh, hmm. I think I would. I mean, like Charles uh, isn't a particularly good wrestler in my opinion like he can yep. do some things from the clinch but he doesn't enter the clinch that well Damian Maya he's faced three really really bad fights for him but against everyone else he does some crafty stuff from half guard and he can you know yep. pull off sweeps he has basically contingency plans for everything so I don't think Lyman Good has a good chance of being yep. you know as good a defensive wrestler as Maya's last three opponents but it seems like if Maya shot, Good's the kind of guy to take him out. Yeah, um, I think Good Good seems like aggressive enough to actually take him out, take his head off. If um, yeah, I know Ly- Lyman Good seems aggressive and seems more willing to actually finish than like um, Usman or um, Woodley was. Because I think Usman and Woodley could both finish Maya, but just didn't seem to want to. I mean, Woodley was. But on the other hand, he never really wants to finish people anyway, unless it literally falls flat. So, look, sometimes they're like they're Darren Till and give up completely because they're weak little babbies. But <laughs> we are not at all Darren Till, who is weak like a child. <laughs> I mean, uh, from what I saw of good, especially in the Husky fight. Why isn't Darren Till versus Gunnar Nelson for the disappointment bowl? Because, I mean... Actually, Gunnar Nelson would probably tap Darren Till because Darren Till would get into a slight form of adversity and then just choke, then tap out three and they could choke, probably. <laughs> Gunnar Nelson threatens to jump a guillotine. Darren Till just says one. He just sees... Gunnar Nelson makes a mean face at him and Darren Till just crumbles mentally as soon as he has any form of pushback. I mean... <laughs> From what I've seen of Lyman Good, he looks like a very solid um, guy on the counter. He was able to catch Zaleski a few times that way. But, you know, Zaleski kind of pushed into the pocket and outlasted him. Zaleski is a mediocre wild man who should not be ranked, in my opinion, so whatever. Um, He knocked out, uh, what's his name, Um, Saunders, but who doesn't do that these days? Yeah, Saunders isn't great. I know, I've never really rated Zaleski. Zaleski's fun. I don't, I, don't, I don't really rate Zaleski higher than I do like Perry. 
I think a similar sort of a similar sort of vibe. I like Zaleski a lot more than I like Perry, and you know more than I've ever liked Perry because Zaleski actually does some cool stuff. Um, I take Perry head to head though. Uh, I'd probably take Zaleski head to head. I think Perry hits hard. I, I, I think Perry hits harder with simpler strikes. That's mainly why I'd go from. I mean, like, Perry hits harder, but Lyman Good's a legitimate hitter, and Zaleski was kind of able to not really break him, but you know, make him a lot more tentative in the pocket. I think Zaleski would be able to be do better work from range. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just curious. Would Zaleski be smart enough to actually do that work from range? Something I just don't rate Zaleski's intelligence that highly. Well, I mean, against Strickland, he was able to counter a jab with a fucking wheel kick. So. Uh, but, he was, but he was getting jabbed up prior to that. He was like Anson Silver against Michael Bisping, getting jabbed up, boxed up. <laughs> the only good contribution that Jack Slack has ever had to society. <laughs> I mean, it's a good meme. And I've saw, I I rewatched uh, um, re the fight, and it was actually really good, but Silva did get boxed up very, very thoroughly. Oh yeah, like that, that's probably what, that's one of my favorite fights of all time. Picked in round four when like Bisping is just wandering around dead, and Silver's <laughs> sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> like if Silver had shown any initiative in the first two minutes of round four, he would have won that fight by knockout. Yeah, I mean, if you take the one front kick from round five and put it into round four, Bisping's done. Yeah. But you know, yeah, my pick here is Maya, just because I don't really know much about goods defense. But it could end up being very sad and depressing. And that could also be the case for the next fight. Jose Aldo, the greatest fighter of all time, against Hinata Moicano, whose name actually translates to Reborn Mohogram. Oh, for one, Matt Hamlin is the best fighter of all time. <laughs> so that, 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 that's just... You should, you should apologize to the um, Matt the Hammer Hamill. What was he couldn't this? hear me. That, that... He wouldn't be able to hear me. Exactly. He can't. He can't hear lies. He can't hear <laughs> the haters. Um. Yeah. I. My question is: Does Jose Aldo have no V and cardio, or cardio, or was, or was Holloway just setting an insane pace? I mean, Holloway set more of an insane pace in the second than he did the first. Yep. I think the first fight. It wasn't a really, really measured kickboxing fight like um, likes because yeah. Holloway was kind of jabbing from the outside and stuff. But it also wasn't the pace high enough where I'd be able to say that Jose Aldo has had no cardio to call. Yeah, but I'd agree with that. Overall, I think you know either it's it's mood anyway because Hanato Moicano is not, and um, I think Moicano is he's a good jabber. I like. What I've seen with the jab, but overall, I think he's overrated on the outside and underrated in the pocket. The yeah. That even underrated in the pocket, there isn't much he can do against someone like Aldo. Yeah, Aldo's spade and power is insane. Yeah, and he's defensively a lot better because what I've seen from Moicano is, for the most part, uh, like even against Stevens, right? He was able to get a high guard up, but then Stevens was either able to just like shove him to the fence with him, or yeah. he would. Or Moicano will be able to jump out the side or run out the side, but often just get caught in the middle of it because his his footwork isn't particularly clean. And well, my issue with Steve, my issue with Stevens Moicano is partly that Stevens has a history of just sort of switching off if things are going are being like a style matchup he doesn't like. I mean, I think Stevens was just running vigorously at Moicano. 
And Moicano did a good enough job offline and, um, you know, jabbing him up and yep. doing a couple cool things. But it was really concerning the fact that he had to run around Stevens and Stevens yeah. is pretty much the most rogue guy in existence. Yeah. Yeah, you know what Stevens to go there. Yeah. I mean, even Stevens, who is, as I said, very, very rude, he, he was able to read Moicano's high guard jab up top and eventually try to get right hands to the body, which is yeah. something I've ever seen from Stevens in my life until that fight. So, I mean, Moicano is very good, and he's beaten some guys I rate very, very highly, and by some guys I just mean Calvin Cater. But yeah. it's not a very good fight for him when he's fighting someone who can not only pressure well but can out yeah. him in the pocket and can deal with kicks as well as jose aldo does yeah i'm just watching holloway holloway aldo too right now and the pace that holloway sets is is just insane holloway yeah. is essentially always coming forward i just don't think moicano has that in him i mean for the most part holloway like even when he couldn't jab aldo from the outside because aldo's defense yep. in the second fight he just sort of stepped in and started swinging. Exactly. He constantly made something happen. Like, yeah. He wasn't landing everything, but he was forcing Aldo to constantly do things. Like, he wasn't even worried about getting hit in these trades. He's just like, if I... Oh, yeah. Aldo lands clean a bunch of times. And, you know, if Moicano is trying to do that, he's going to get hit clean and get me knocked unconscious. Most likely, because Holloway has a stupid chin. Yeah. You know, whilst a guy like Moicano had a fairly competitive fight with Ortega, and Ortega just sucks you just is not very good at me it's striking i mean i think ortega did a good job in that fight but um doing the same thing stevens tried at some points which was drawing moicano's guard and then just hooking to the body like over and over and that's pretty much the thing that makes me wonder if moicano would just get absolutely ethered by holloway because holloway yeah. loves doing that and even yeah. his last ko was off a body shot so yeah Seems like Moicano is just going to get livered here. Also, my question with um, Moicano versus Holloway: How does Moicano beat Holloway? I just, I just don't see how can he keep up with Holloway's pace. He hasn't mm-hmm. really got the power to stop Holloway early, and thus it just feels like Holloway will just keep upping the tempo. And eventually, Moicano will drop. Pretty much. I mean, Moicano cannot jab Holloway from the outside because his jabs are. Holloway's jab is a lot more versatile, so I don't and see. Even... Even if um, Moicano can do it from range, I just don't see Holloway giving him the opportunity to do it. I feel like you know, Holloway will just walk him down. Pretty much. I mean, Moicano's so open to the body that Holloway can just go right. And yeah. Moicano can probably try some kicking stuff because Aldo doesn't really do that anymore. But yeah. Holloway's strong enough as, like, he countered the first, like, Jose Aldo threw in their first fight. Yeah. Holloway's just, I think he's too adaptive for Moicano. And, you know, obviously we've seen Jose Aldo twice. So yeah. in the weirdest way, considering the current champion, this fight seems like a bit of a dead end. Yeah. And Pretty much. If, yeah, if I, I like Moicano. I just don't see how he um, competes with a bunch of the top um, featherweights. Also, just, I, mean, I can't hear you. There you go. You're back. In my opinion... Regardless of who wins, I think they have a top featherweight if Holloway moves up to lightweight, which seems reasonably likely. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I don't know if Moicano would beat Ortega in a rematch, just because Ortega seems smart enough to you know, kill his body from the get-go. But I do yep. think 
you know, destroy Ortega with no points of trouble. So. Well, I feel like in the rematch, um, Moicano might probably be smart enough to stop going for Ortega's vulnerable, vulnerable head because there's nothing in there and <laughs> go over the body and legs. Like, you know, you look at Moicano fight metric. He, he lands every single leg kick, like 95% of the body shots against Ortega. But he just goes for the head because it's so easy to hit. Like everybody against Ortega, even Holloway against Ortega. <laughs> yeah, round four, his body is like, his corner is like, you know, you can hit him in the body. And Holloway is like, oh, yeah, I can. Because he just, yes. you get baited into hitting Ortega in the face. Yeah, I mean, last thing, uh, like right before the fight was called, his corner is like, stop fucking around. <laughs> yeah, like. So I, I understand why psychologically that would happen because she's like, yo, I need to, hitting always you want to hit somebody in the face, but and Ortega is so easy to hit. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest part of this is just Moicano spent a lot of the time hitting Ortega in the face, high pace, but it also wasn't as high paced as what Holloway pushed on out in the rematch. Yeah, and they both yeah. faded at pretty much the exact same point in the fight, late yeah. in the so. I don't think Moicano will be able to push that sort of pace on Aldo, and I think that's really. I also think that if um, Aldo lands on lands on Moicano like um, Ortega is landing on Moicano, Aldo will get stoppage. Yeah, you know, nobody apart from Holloway is really just be able to stand Aldo's face and force volume volume on him. You either you either get knocked out or you back the fuck off. I mean, that's probably true. On the other hand, Moicano did show decent defense to the head against Ortega. It's just when Ortega keyed on the body, he just didn't let go. It was like uh, it was like the Mohamed Neal fight, but yep. the entire second round. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, my pick is Jose Aldo, and that makes it kind of weird that his odds have been relatively wide. They're closing now um, around... Uh, sometimes it's just hype trains. Like, look at fucking Hernandez last week. Yeah, I mean, Jose How Aldo's... People think I was going to go. <laughs> Jose Aldo started at minus 120, and now he's up to plus one. And yeah. went a lot higher, like, as soon as the line opened. He was at, uh, he was bet up to, like, plus 152. Also, I feel like sometimes, like, narrative can overtake what a guy actually does. Like, people be like, oh, my kind of a future champion without really taking into account what the style matchup is. Yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like that's usually the case with these odds. Like, um, if you look at Johnny Walker versus Justin Ledette, where, like, everyone yep. starts saying, like, you know, Johnny Walker's the next gigantic light heavyweight product. Yeah. People are just ignoring that Khalil Roundtree isn't actually that good. Yeah, Khalil Roundtree sucks. Like, he's got, like, a good two minutes in him. But Khalil Roundtree has never really responded well to being punched, or to, to being pressured. Yeah. Roundtree either knocks you the fuck out in two, inside two minutes of his insane explosiveness, or, or any, any other situation he loses. Yeah, he got bought by the uh, Oleg Siege sub guy. That's Roundtree. Yeah, I had money on fucking Roundtree against Oleg, against the Polish dude. And yeah, that was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Roundtree's one of the was one decisions. Oh, well, you know, that's I mean, what I was maybe... in RFA. Like in the UFC, he's, he's only really been a KO one or bust. Yeah, I remember he got like one cool KO over yep. some dude where he just kneed him in the gut on a takedown attempt. Yep. Past that, it's pretty yeah. much all been Roundtree swings for two minutes, gets gas for the rest of the. Yeah, and that's what you have. Any there's no plan B there. 
I mean, he's just not physically capable of Plan B. It feels like. Yeah, and also a lot of heavyweight people get it. like even like Rocky Rakic. Yeah, his say his fight after that against um, Devin Clark, he was like minus six hundred, and yeah, he, he didn't look like a minus six hundred. He almost lost that fucking fight. Yeah, I, I would have capped him as an underdog if um, a rematch happened. Clark... I would have capped him as underdog, but yeah, I, I, he definitely shouldn't be minus six hundred. No, nah, I mean I think Clark chinned him with something that's applicable than a random flailing backfist on the middle of an exchange. Yeah. So. True. I think Clark wins that fight more often than not. We're seeing that. But uh, on to the main event, which is a rematch between Marlon Moraes and Rafael Asuncao. And it's hard not to root for Asuncao here because, yeah. you know, he's, he's been fucked over getting... constantly. Yeah. I mean, this is, I'm pretty sure this is his first UFC main event. Yeah. He's been like top three for the last, I, I want to say, five or six years. He's been yeah. for a long ass time, and this is his first UFC main event against a guy who they clearly want to knock him off in Marlon. Morris. So no. it's hard not to, you know, be like, you know, fuck Marlon, you know. But I mean, obviously, when it comes to interesting title fights, it's going to be. Marlon. But uh, I mean, if you look at the first fight, it's mostly Marlon Moraes. He did a good job attacking the body of Asuncao, and Asuncao was, um, he had the bigger moments in the fight. He got like a really nice um, counter right hand off the jab against Marais in the first round, then just did the same thing again and landed again. And he jabbed into a right hand against, uh, in the third round, which got yeah. the knockdown. round. But past that, it was mostly Marais, and I don't think much has changed since then. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I'm. It's a pity that Sunsau's not getting the Crows fight because I think that, I think that would just be a chance to prove a point. I guess. Like, yeah, Sunsau can't really fight Dillashaw again. Yeah. But yeah, if Sunsau beat Cruz emphatically, I think that would go a long way to leg- towards like legacy. Yeah. And you win or lose, I think Sunsau should be Cruz's company because. They've been in the division for so long, and they haven't fought. Yeah. It's like an even more Blue Balls version of a Weidman Jackery. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think Asuncao was relatively smart. I, th- I think he can make more adjustments than Moraes for the match. But I don't think that his style is particularly conducive to beating someone like this. Yeah, that's fair. Because Marais is just going to draw his counters and beat the shit out of him when he, you know, throws punches. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, she'll be Marais via Marising. Yeah, mm. I, I just, I, I'm actually, I'm kind of sad about this matchup because I want them both to get a title fight. I want them both to get a title fight. And, you know, I want them both to have to bet it to go somewhere, I guess. Just keep moving up. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of predatory because if you look at, um, it kind of reminds me, like, not to the same margin of uh, Gegard Musashi versus Uriah Hall, uh, Uriah Hall 2, where you, can't, you have this guy who's, like, who gets a really, really good win in a yeah. mean way. Like, this time it was a mean decision. That was just yeah. a fucking stupid kick. 
like after getting wrecked for a round, uh, he gets this win and he doesn't even like get to keep it. <laughs> just the worst thing. Yeah. Just you know, you go out and you just try. Another example is Jim, like in Milwaukee, where Miller was, he was clearly totally shot, and beating yep. um, the the guy at UFC two twenty eight didn't change that. But no. they give him Charles Oliveira again when it was going to do nothing for him but kill his legacy. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, actually, I, mean, I, I was surprised how quickly Charles Oliveira sudden Jim Miller. Like, yeah, I know obviously that was going to be uh, how Charles Oliveira won that fight, but like. Jim Miller got sunned completely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it happens that way every time, just because Oliveira getting a body lock off a leg kick is pretty low percentage. But yeah. if Oliveira was able to get him down, it looked like a foregone conclusion. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, I mean, this, especially with Cejudo versus um, Dillashaw happening. Yeah. Feels like it would be a better call to say Marais is off a 30 second knockout, give him yeah. and give a sunset someone like Cody Garbrandt. That's the fight to make, in my opinion. Yeah, and true. So I would probably destroy Cody Garbrandt, but yeah, but you also seems to like Cody Gar- Garbrandt for God only knows. For, since God only knows, I mean, um, they just gave him Pedro Munoz. Are you sure? Yeah, true. But I think you also Pedro Munoz is. It's 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 both a terrible matchup and a good matchup because Munoz is very slow. Yeah, he is. But I mean, Munoz is also a good leg kicker. Cody's ba- Cody basically faced no elite guys that do anything yep. well other than Dominic Cruz and TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, Dominic Cruz does things well. What's I think that? it's been a few years. Dominic Cruz. It's been years since Dominic Cruz did anything well. Thank you very much. I mean, Dominic, he didn't, he looked good against TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. You know, beat your, uh, the yeah. fight doesn't matter at all. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I think that fight just came down to Cruz not being able to take Garbrandt down. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, yeah, this matchmaking is questionable. Uh, it just seems like they don't want to give a Sun Tzu a step up at any it is as a wise man would say so yeah. that's the end of this it's not, it's not like a sunset was that boring honestly I, mean, I, I never understood like why they're so resistant I mean, yeah, he's not john fitch he's not john fitch yeah, he's not he's not even tyron woodley yeah <laughs> he's it's like yeah he's yeah he's had some shit fights but for the most part he's had reasonably engaging fights yeah i mean if you look at his last two uh, and you know that's not a full representative obviously the sterling fight was t- Fight like um, the the Lopez fight that was a pretty interesting one. The font fight was great in my opinion, and I mean Asuncio he's just you know he's a Brazilian who he's an Doesn't ugly. Speak it. Yes, and how's, it, how's his like English? Him. He's not he's not ugly, is he? Yeah, his I English think. is great. Yeah, like yes, I don't think he's he's not even like hideous. He's like he doesn't look as bad as Hernan Barral. Uh, but I mean Hernan Barral is just you know he used to be very very good. Now he's the exact opposite. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, there's... Rafael Sunset looks a lot like Eric Silver, actually, from the think of it. No, actually, I was, really... I, was once, I was once on the Eric Silver train, hype train. I remember that. Uh, I remember Matt Brown versus Eric Silver, and it's honestly still one of my favorite fights of all time. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, Eric Silver had some fun fights. I'm not like that. But like, I was yeah. once on like the Eric Silver future champion bandwagon. <laughs> now, now, hold on. He's still a prospect. <laughs> the, the UFC should pick him up. He, he, I'm sure he'd do very well. Didn't he miracle? He pulled this his last win was a miracle armbar against like regional competition. <laughs> now, hold on. You know, he, he had that guy right where he wanted him. An miracle armbar, yes. Calling it a miracle is like calling what OSP does a fool. OSP is OSP is a different level of ability. Man. OSP just fucking just puts you where he wants you, and then he takes you out. Yeah, OSP. It goes OSP, and then like you know RDA for process driven. But yeah, so that's the end of this event, and you know Tom uh, Silva, the brightest prospect he has. Um. Looking forward, we have UFC, UFC 234 is terrible. Fuck that. Yeah. It's basically a bunch of shit fights headlined by two <sighs> matches. There are five ranked fighters on that card. What the fuck, UFC? Like, I was tempted to go. Anderson Silva and unranked, right? He is? I'm pretty sure he's No way. He's pretty sure I'm pretty he's sure he got pulled out. So it's, four, so it's four ranked fighters on that card. Even better. Uh, Anderson Silva. Yeah, so, no, he's, he's, 50, he's ranked number 15. Oh, is he? Okay. <laughs> he just got put back on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, number 15 says it's Thiago Santos. Well, my, my UFC ranking says Anson Silva. Uh, you know, mine's better because I'm in the greatest country in the world. Probably. And also, Thiago Santos should be up with like everyone. Oh, man, that's true. Thiago Santos, yeah. double ranked. He's the Joanna of the men. Yeah. That... Yeah, so 234 is total shit. It's horrible. But, you know, Robert Whittaker... Cheapest tickets, 450 bucks. <laughs> Jesus. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, if it was like... If it was a little bit cheaper, I'd be tempted just because it's UFC and, like, I enjoy going to UFCs, but fuck that. <laughs> I mean... And Silver and Azani will be a terrible fight. I mean, this is the sort of card where I'd say you give... Fights on ESPN, you'd put Anderson Silva, Adesanya, and Whitaker. Sell it for like 25 bucks. Yeah. That's, and you know, stadium tickets are like 50 bucks for the nosebleeds and like, like maybe 100 for front row. That's fine. I hope Jim Crow keeps going up because I know, cause I've got like training partners. I've tried them once and I've got like training partners in common with them. But like. Oh, nice. <laughs> I feel like Jim Crow is just too slow for a high level lightweight, like heavyweight, in my opinion. I mean, he just fought Paul Craig, who was not... Yeah, but that was compared to the fight. And compared to the fight of Paul Craig. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Nobody has ever... Like, everybody either gets... Paul Craig is usually either... He's getting the shit beaten out of him, or he's catching you in the triangle. There's no, there's no... Nobody ever really has, like, fights with Paul Craig. Yeah, I mean, even Khalil Roundtree nuked him. Yeah. But... Yeah, 2 think, crash. Think, uh, the next one like is actually a lot better. What's that? I had a fairly big bet on Craig against Cleo Roundtree. I was like, Cleo Roundtree's oh. grappling is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out the golf and the striking was just like as big. Yeah. But, yeah, but I, I'd come off. I'd, I, I'd just watched. Um... I just watched. Uh, what you call it? Um... Pedro Roundtree live. So I was like, yeah, it doesn't really matter if he can't strike. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. 
Roundtree will um, figure out why to shit the bed. Yeah, I mean, Roundtree got that win at like the end of the first round or something. I figured it wouldn't be that late. Yeah, I, I remember it being a sort of one-sided shit kicking. Yeah, it was sort of like Paul Craig not knowing how to do anything on the feet. And Kalo Roundtree just like, you know, doing these like weird hip vein things that didn't really do anything because Paul Craig didn't really know how to respond to them. But yeah. You know. Um, yeah, so 234 is horrible. See on ESPN1 is actually pretty good in my opinion. No. And Rivera. They should have put some of that in the pay-per-view. Jesus. And then yeah. uh, UFC, uh, Best Fight Odds is missing the Prague event. But yeah, we got a good slate of fights coming up. Yeah. Um, Leon Edwards should dominate on um, Gala Nelson. <laughs> Leon the Goat. Oh, Jesus. Whoa. If Gunnar Nelson had to get, had it cut white and had a game plan, I'd be down with him. <laughs> if Gunnar Nelson had any defense, I would be very, very happy to bet on him against Lee. But yeah. he, he doesn't. So expect another eight second knockout, fellas. Pretty much. Um, Leon Edwards will be accused of eye pokey, I'm guessing. If Ponzinibbio is innocent, I'm guessing. I mean, freak out about him punching the eye. So. Yeah. Shameful uh, shit. Oh shit, full props for Anson Silver versus Israel. Let's have a live reaction. Hmm. Israel, KO, 1.83. Israel points, 2.7. So tough. Yeah, I, 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 I just don't. Israel doesn't really have much color instinct either, in my opinion. I mean, he showed some killer instinct against um, Brunson. No. But even against uh, Wilkinson, he sort of just chased him around when Wilkinson gassed for wrestling. I'm, in a, in a three-round fight, I don't think Adesanya by point. It's just that, you know, you might as well go for, like, Adesanya wins via 30-25. Silver sub is at 34, is it um, plus 3300? I don't. Surely that'll get bet down. I mean, it'll probably. It's a value bet in a sense, but I don't think it has yeah. a really good chance of happening. Silver Just... round for a submission. One hole. Plus, plus 1,000. Nah. I'll play plus 10,000. <laughs> so, so, silver subbing Israel round three is less likely to have this myth subbing Ozdemir round three. Oh, really? What? It's more likely, sorry. Uh, I mean, that's. Yeah, that's true. That's fair, actually. If anybody did the tape whatsoever, they would know <laughs> what the deal was in that fight. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not like Smith is a sub guy. Smith has like 20 subs. <laughs> yeah, but he has like 400 fights. And they're all by like inverted triangle. Yeah, but... Like, I mean, look, at, look at Smith's submission record. It's just weird submissions. It's just, it's, not, it's like, it's all guard. It's all like guard, heel hook, inverted triangle, heel hook. It's like the sort of thing you'd see in a, a regional record for a can crush. Exactly. Oh, man, it's going to be fucking great when Anthony Smith knocks out John Jones. Uh, would that, not, that, would, that would be a top five moment in UFC history. Probably for people that like Anthony Smith, but... <sighs> even, if you do, even if you don't like Anthony, just, just the moment. That's fair. John Jones losing is worth it. And losing particularly, yeah, especially losing to Anthony Smith of all the people. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. And of course, there's the ultimate mismatch on the same card. 
uh, Robbie Lawler, the Scholars Brawler, against Ben Askren, aka the Blanket. Oh, so any um, Cowboys seems to be developing more on Twitter. Uh, Connor Cowboy. Yeah. That's yeah. Why do I keep saying Sorani Cowboy? <laughs> I've done that multiple times now. Really don't think that's going to happen. Oh, I, I, I think it makes the most sense to Connor, just like as far as what Connor wants to have happen. I mean, it kind of makes sense for both, but it also kind of doesn't. Because, like, if Sorani wants a top five, I would think he'd want someone like Ally Quinta, who's very good, but an established top guy he's just ranked in the top five because kevin lee had uh, yeah, but you beat Ali Quinta, you, you just enter the lightweight title fight sort of discussion you beat connor you you get a title fight off that oh connor beats you well yeah i think if you beat Ali Quinta, that'll be like yeah whatever you're, you're now you're still behind dustin poirier and ferguson and barboza yeah. and whoever else i mean yeah but if you look at the um in a sense i think the expected value is a lot lower because I think Cerrone has a much, much greater chance of beating Ike Quinta than of beating Conor McGregor. I shot your whole mouth. <laughs> I don't think you understand exactly how little fuck Conor McGregor gives these days. Uh, yeah, this, I, I've had two years is... to prepare to fight Khabib. What's my first um, action going to be? Run forward and throw a low, <laughs> throw a shitty um, spinning body kick. Uh, throw a fucking knee when uh, Khabib shoots a takedown. That can only go well when you're not Aldo. Or um, Barboza. Nah, not even Bar. I don't like. I know people. Come are- on, that Barboza Darish one is fucking beautiful. That one just made me want to kill myself because <laughs> I love Darish, and I know people. I prefer that knockout really- infinitely to um, Hernandez knockout. <laughs> <laughs> at least the at least Darish not getting knocked out by Barboza produced a highlight, and Barboza is a nice guy. Fernandez is a massive cunt, and that, that knockout was just upsetting. <laughs> I mean, I think it's... I don't. I know people call the Barboza Dariush thing a read, but it's really hard to believe when Barboza pretty much throws response to everything. So... <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I, I, think, I think it was an educated guess. I don't necessarily think it was a highest percentage move. Pretty much. I think that's fair. Like, you know, I, I think that he, 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 he had a sort of 5% move. Which he managed to make an educated guess and make it a forty percent move, but if he fucked it up, he was gonna, he was he was gonna lose that round. So yeah, he was gonna get put on his back by the unathletic RDA. Yeah, but you know, uh, yeah, I think even Cokehead Cerrone, I would cap it like minus or Cokehead Cokehead Cerrone would be something to see. But... No. I, oh, so Sorani, so there's like a bunch of stories about Sorani using coke. There's, 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 Sorani's had a bunch of stories on him, on about him over the years. Oh yeah, Sorani's had the whole um, hitting on girls, like yep. you know, hitting on people's girlfriends, you know, being like I could beat the shit out of you and stuff. I don't really care about that, you know, because you know, I don't care about fighters as people that often. But yeah, fair enough. Blade, just blade. Yeah, and that's the perfect cap to an episode where I started out by saying I hate. <laughs> hey, hey. Let's see. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much. The, there are a ton of fights on. The- uh, yeah, it looks like a good time to be a fan. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, it's a fairly busy schedule. Isn't it like 10 straight cards or something coming up after this one? Yeah, there's like, in the next few months, there are only like a few cards that don't, or only a few weekends that don't have cards. Yeah. There are like three. It's amazing. Yeah, it's busy. Yeah. But, you know, um, yeah. Uh, looks like all we have to talk about this time. Marcus Perez and Jose Aldo. Breaking. According to multiple credible reports on WhatsApp, a party got out of control in North Korea where Conor McGregor has taken Kim Jong-un hostage at gunpoint and demanded all of his nuclear arsenal be fired at Dagestan or he'll rape him <laughs> on live TV. <laughs> Good times. Uh, I, 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 I hope that's actually happening. I'm down with that. I mean, sure, why not? Just make sure Khabib's there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But... The, the fallout would be worth it. Just Dana's head exploding, but yep. yeah. So anyway, yeah, probably it seems like pretty much sorted. Yeah, I'll. Times. Thanks for tuning in. Yep, no problem. Yeah, bye. <laughs>